Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Graham Norton Radio Show. How exciting is this? With Waitrose. Over on Virgin Radio. Up and Adam, come on. Things to do. Don't cheer. You'll just embarrass yourselves. We're not bored of it yet, so it's lovely. There's no stopping them. No stopping them. The Graham Norton Radio Show. Oh, there's nothing nicer, is there? Nothing nicer. With Waitrose. Food to feel good about. I mean, what's not to like? Saturday and Sunday from 9.30. Over on Virgin Radio. You won't have heard of our next guest, if you haven't actually been born. He's the Hollywood superstar about to sprinkle some stardust literally over London's Lightroom. His new immersive experience, The Moonwalkers, a journey with Tom Hanks, opens today. So let's all give thanks Thank for Tom Hanks! Tom Hanks, alright! Right. Okay. I, I have a question about the term superstar. Is it one word or two? Is there a hyphen in there? Is it No, all not where you're concerned. There's no hyphen required. There uh, was a hyphen for a few years, but then you get rid of the hyphen. Get rid of it, I guess. Get rid of it. Oh, well, I'll take it, but thank you, you honestly, folks. You like jettison the hyphen. any uh, redundant field tax I to want to get take to out space. the vowels. Take out the, just S, what, S-P-R-S-T-R. Yeah. Um, well, Make listen. Go a little bit faster. Uh, Tom Hanks is here. Control round of applause. Listen to this excitement. Thank you. Thank this you, is crack genuine. Staff. Thank you. Thank uh, you. There you go. Tom. Oh, oh, that's my. <laughs> there's my salaried employees. They know. They know how to do this, right? Tom, you were due in on Friday. I saw you on the telly on Friday night. You clearly, you know, you were under the weather. You are as sick as a dog. Um, is, um, it, we, is that the worst thing you can say in England? Sick as a dog. Sick as, as a parrot. Mm. Sick as a dog. Well, what's the, under the weather? Uh, below I was, par. I was under the weather. Death's door. That now, kind of stuff. Now let me stuff. tell you something about how cold Americans feel here <laughs> when it gets cold in in London. I've been skiing like you know in the rocky mountains or uh-huh. whatnot you know and it's cold there but there's pine trees and there's open sky and and to come here and be cold is surrounded by damp asphalt and brick buildings yeah. and low-hanging fo- it is the coldest i've ever been cold deep down inside i mean like marley's ghost kind of cold yeah, is the well, way i felt cold. that's where he got it from that's the dickensian you know you felt they felt the cold yeah. sort you of can, you can still from hear the it in my voice a little bit i can so and thank you me. you didn't need to do this you rescheduled. I know you're on the way back to the airport. Oh, I'm you... not going to miss this view. <laughs> I'm not going to miss this view from the shard up in, in your Check fabulous. Check Look over your left uh, shoulder. I have to say, you can sell tickets. I know. To tourists to come up here and I take know. photographs. And that way, we make even make some money on this station. That'd be cool, wouldn't, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be great? That'd be amazing, Tom. Yeah. So um, the most important thing is that A, Tom Hanks is here, B, the Moonwalkers, this installation in the Lightroom. Hockney kicked off the Lightroom. Vassus went there on the day that Hockney was there. You saw it. It's yeah. not a movie. It's not a movie. There's no way to describe it other than when we walked into the... It was called Bigger, Closer, yeah. the David Hockney piece. We, I thought... You know, I'm, I'm with the, I'm with a wife and some friends. My wife says, we're going to go see this David Hockney exhibit. And I thought, okay, I've seen some paintings. I'll, I'll go check that. 
at, at Lightroom, you walked into a David Hockney yeah. painting while David Hockney was painting it. And as he is telling you in your ear what he's doing and how he's made, I have never experienced anything like it before. And when, as soon as it was done, I, I grabbed the staff over there and said, have you guys ever thought of putting people on the moon? Because if you could walk into a David Hockney painting, second best to that would be the sea of tranquility over the ocean of storms. And lo and behold, they made it happen before my very eyes. So you pitched live. I did, yeah. Oh, my goodness me. Yeah, and at the time, it was great. Of course, I thought, let's talk about it for the next year and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was last March, and it and it opens today. That's how fast so that you crack really, team So you were so inspired, because that's what it's all about. It's about inspiration. So you inspired Move so much yourself that you went to the organizers on the day and said, have you thought about space? And they said, well, you're sort of renowned for your link, your connection with space. You're good friends with Captain Jim, who you played in Apollo Jim 13. Lovell, yes. You're a fan of space anyway. Did they throw it right back at you and put it? Give I they 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 said yeah no that'd be great let's do it would you like to work on it together right. I said sure if there's so what any, did you do next anything I can do well we started talking about the 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 theme of it because look as you know you don't want it to be a, a, a you don't you don't want to go to something and have it be work uh -huh. right so this was not like it's not necessarily a history lesson about what we did. It's actually about what we're doing right now, because one of the things that Lightroom brought to it is uh, we brought in literally the next crew of Artemis astronauts that are going to somewhere within the next year or two. They're going to fly around the moon, come back. They're going to see Earthrise. And not too long after that, this I vow, Rachel, the first woman is going to walk on the moon within the next five years. And the first non-white American is going to walk on the moon as well. And they will be the 13th, the 14th, 15th, 16th human beings. So it's not just this great thing that happened when I was a kid. It's this thing that is evolving before our very eyes. And that's something that Lightroom people brought along with. All right. So how is it? Is it a show? Is it on a loop? How long does it last? It lasts about 50 minutes. Right. Then there's five minutes before it starts up again. But understand, as you know, it, 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 it. It operates all around you, so right. you have to keep moving around to take in all of the, all of the stimuli and all the images that we have. It is a dense, dense show. We have the most beautiful score you have ever heard, recorded by the fabulous Royal Philharmonic and the that Bulgarian London Bulgarians Women's Choir. Nice. It's magnificent. So I can't. I don't want to overuse the words fully immersive enough, but as close as you can get. To being on the moon is Lightroom standing there, and you will, with a crystal clarity, you will see things that will leave you. Am I using the word gobsmacked appropriately? Yeah, completely. All right, you will be amazed, at, and you will feel as though you've you gone. Control that, a round of applause for the use of gobsmackers open by that North door America. again and have my staff... That is a gobsmacker right. round of applause. All right. Thank you, staff. And by the way, God said yes to you coming here. God said yes. <laughs> God said yes. Yes or no? <laughs> That's right. How do you spell God, Tom? Uh, G-O-D. Yeah, how do you spell it? What does it mean? Uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, grace, order, and direction. Come how about on. that? You like that? We grace love a bit of that, don't we? Did you, did, where'd you hear that from? I heard on that amazing interview you did with that kid who's so annoying because he's so good, the mythical chef on Mythical Kitchen. Oh, yeah, yeah, He's yeah, too yeah. good, that guy. Yeah, yeah. He's only 30. I know that sounds old to, older, to younger people, but when you're he's 30, only 30, you shouldn't be that at ease 
with Superstar Get he that was a great interview. Well, time. you know, there's this kind of like there is a new listening sort of economy that goes on yep. into uh, the idea of podcasts and books on tapes and stuff I like know. that. He's good though. He got through a load of stuff. He with was you. very good. And aren't we always trying? We're always searching for you know some aspect of uh, what's it all what's it all about, Chris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's all this mean? Well, a little bit of grace and a little bit of order and a little yeah. bit of direction and a little bit of light. Uh, we, you know, yeah, a little bit of light. But it's all coming together, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you talked to him about. Uh, various different things and I thought it was all it was all completely amazing and then I listened to a next a podcast the next day with Brian Grazer oh right Brian. so Brian's an old pal yes we're talking about we're talking to Tom Hanks about the Lightroom about the Moonwalkers this brand new immersive experience it's not a movie but you're gonna love it it's like it's all documentarial footage as well. It's not CGI. There it's is all... not a CGI image. This is in what it. I'm saying. It is photographs. Dr. Chris Riley, the co-writer, magnificent guy, used to write for the BBC. He knows everything. He he. They actually <laughs> said that every photographic image was taken by a human being uh -huh. of the subject mm -hmm. matter. There's nothing between uh, 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 the person who took it and the the vast cosmos nothing at all there's nothing artificial in it in it and i think that is actually quite an amazing thing because you're looking at these panoramas that are bigger than big crystal clarity to the horizon I, I there's one point i asked it's actually in the show i asked one of the the last man to stand on the moon a guy by the name of gene cernan i said gene i mean you're out there for seven hours at a time what did you do when you had a moment off he said, Tom, we were busy every minute when we were out there, but I'm going to tell you right now, when I had a minute, Tom, I looked off into the inky void of the deep space time continuum. That's, that's, what that's he, pretty Well, cool. that's a pretty good thing to do on your on My your favorite photograph in the world. No, not in the world. That's a lie. I'm just saying that, trying to impress you. One of my favorite photographs in the world is the one that the third member of the Neil Armstrong Buzz Aldrin crew took. Mike Collins. Mike Collins. Do you know the photograph I'm talking about? Are you talking about the ascent module and the earth behind it? Yeah, and it's special because... The only person not in the photograph is the man who took it. Yeah, now, that's the only, that? the only human being in existence at the time. That is that is not, I, I can't... Now, why, why does that thrill us so much, Chris? Because <laughs> it's amazing. Because he bothered to do it. Well, yeah. That's he said, oh, let me... Yeah, let Imagine me, if let he me, said, do you know I could have taken that... Why didn't you take the photo? I did take the photograph. Thank God you took the photograph. Because one day, maybe I'll interview Tom Hanks and we can talk about it. I heard him talk about that photograph once from a long time ago. And he said, I call this photograph, There They Are. There's my friend Neil and Buzz, and they're in that little spacecraft, and everybody else is on the planet behind them. And I just think that God, that he's not there. I would have that framed. I would give, I would give that as my autographed picture if yeah. I had taken that photograph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is this photograph special? Because I'm the only person not in it. All Michael right, Brian, back to Brian Grazer, right? So, what do you know about Brian? Well, quite a lot now, because uh, he he did a podcast with my friend and. Um, I don't know if you know why he cast you in Apollo 13. Do you know why? Because he, he answered that. I've never heard him ask really? the question, be answered the question. Do you know why he cast you? No, uh-uh. Do you want to know? Yeah. I'm... Okay. Yeah. So, so we're now going to play you Brian's answer to why. Because you know he was, he, he was going to cast. No, who? Well, he had a shortlist of three extremely well-known action heroes because it was going to... Because it's an action hero. Oh, piece, yeah. It right? could be an action hero. Yeah. Thing, yeah, yeah. And he there was one. Okay. That yeah. He was gonna. Okay. He was gonna be good the guy. casting. Good casting. Yeah. Right. And um, then he didn't. He cast you. And this is Tom Hanks. This is why Brian Grazer cast you in Apollo 13. Okay. That's exactly right. <laughs> I I wasn't even gonna cast Tom Hanks. Um, uh, you know, there was all these other action stars. They said, "Go get this guy," or "Go get that guy," or 
I don't want to say their names. They're all great actors. But I said to myself, I was all ready to pull the trigger on one of those action stars. And I asked myself, like, but who does the world want to save the most? They want to save Tom Hanks the most. Yeah. What is it about that guy that makes him so indelible in that way? What is the, his defining quality? I think in people your feel opinion? his goodness. I just think people mm-hmm. feel his basic goodness. And he's, you know, as far as an actor, he's entertaining, but he doesn't need to steal the show so he can actually, you know, you can actually love him at the same time. All right. Can we have my staff applaud that a yeah. little bit? Can we have the control room again? There we go. There we go. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, they're earning their pay. Who would the world want to survive? Who would they want to save? Uh, my wife would have cast Lenny Kravitz. All right. Yeah, because Excellent he and I are casting, so similar, oh, clearly. Yeah, yeah, as 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 Chris. Okay, that's good. <laughs> well, you know, the that's that's I'm going to give that as a credit to Brian and Ron Howard who wrote it because there there could have been a version of that in which one guy, you know, saved Apollo 13 and brought everybody home. But you that wouldn't be that wouldn't have been true to the endeavor. It was literally it was about 400,000 people trying to figure out what yeah. went wrong and bring him back. And it was it was a group effort. It wouldn't be one guy with a screwdriver and pluck. It would have been uh, it would have been uh, would have been inaccurate. Yeah, the, um, the one of the one of my uh, favorite things to remember on a daily basis is don't forget to be the star of your own movie every single day, but also be aware and acknowledge that oftentimes in that same day you're in someone else's movie. The three of us on that, Kevin, Kevin Bacon, and I, and Bill Paxson, uh, bless his eternal uh, memory. We we lost him a few years ago. I can't tell you if if you. There was a moment where we were all in our space helmets, right? And all we could hear was uh, on the radio was Ron Howard, and each other. And if you heard the jokes and the humor that went down when we were no, we were knew we were so private we could say anything under our breath. Ah, would have been quite X-rated a, a, a couple of times. Yeah, um, there's an awful lot of hey, did you hear? The, did you hear the joke about the guy who went camping by himself? You know, jokes like that. Yeah, you know, you and then the bear that. appeared and hey, easy now, <laughs> now easy now. And, so, and Jim, Co- Jim Jim Collins um, was sorry, Jim, Jim Lovell. Lovell. Jim Lovell, not Mike Collins. Jim Lovell was often around whilst yeah. you were filming. He came and by. now he's a friend of yours. He's still with us. God bless. Oh him. yeah, yeah. He we just lost his wife recently. I I I I. I run into Jim every now and again. Look, you know, in fact, that all those former astronauts, they're very busy guys. Yeah. They're all, first of all, they're appearing everywhere because everybody wants to know what was it like, what'd you see, what you do. But they're also, they're all altruistic. They're all doing things for all sorts of different organizations. So Jim's a busy guy. I've flown a plane once with, uh, I flew a plane once with Buzz Aldrin. That was interesting. Oh, yeah? A light aircraft, yeah. He's like a dude, isn't he? He's like, he should have been in a rock and roll band. He's a bodacious cat. He, yeah. His rings are bigger than most people's bangles. And he's still, his hands are like farmer's hands. They're huge, now, man. You got, here's something else you got to remember about Buzz Aldrin. He flew MiGs. Mig. He oh. shot down MiGs and MiGs out, MiG Alley yeah. in the Korean he's War. He's the real He went deal. toe-to-toe with, uh, you know communist pilots back during that that police action wow so how many times did he cheat death ladies and gentlemen yeah you know quite a few so jim's still around he's 95 um talking about running into people uh, hopefully not in your car but uh, the corvette you drive in apollo 13 the Ah! red the red corvette yeah where is it 
That's a good question. Have you? Did, did you ever keep any cars from any movies? Because that is a cool car. And also, astronauts have a history with Corvettes, don't they? Well, now, there was a bit of a scandal at the time because they were government employees, you yeah. know, astronauts. They were company cars. They were not supposed to take gifts. So what happened is the Corvette dealerships around Houston just let them borrow it for as long as, long as they wanted to. Yeah. And they would, like, decorate them with their little seals and stuff like that, their little uh, emblems, their little, uh, their little uh, uh, you know, patches. Yeah. Of their stuff, but that's not a big, not a bad dig. Uh, it's not a bad gig getting a free Corvette from I the know. local Chevy dealerships. And there's the limited edition with split rear screen one that uh, Neil oh, yeah. and Buzz and Mike Collins got. They, they were like mega. They're, I don't know where they are now, but they're worth a fortune. I, I would think that if you want to like low, have a low profile in Houston in 1967, you might not might not want to drive the Corvette around town. You I might know. want to might want to dress down. And they look like bit. spaceships, didn't they? Oh my god, they look like aircraft. They were amazing. Um, memorabilia from uh, Apollo thirteen. Um, did you get to keep any? How does that work? Uh, you're good friends with the director. Of course, you're in Splash. You have great and Ron Howard. You have great history with him too. There's a couple of things we stole. Come on, tell us. Well, tell us no, about theft. I did not Hollywood steal. theft. Actually, they put it into budget. We we wore our we kept the Omega Speedmaster watches, the official flight recognized the type the type that that flew. I kept a couple of pieces of the flight plan. Okay, I just okay. I kept one of those. Uh, uh, upside down pens, you know the the the, the space gravity pen. So we were just down in we we're just down in uh, Houston, and we took a tour of all the, uh, you know the 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 space station mock up stuff, and we were told, you know, there's Russians and there's Americans and international stuff. And they said, you know, Americans, we we spent about fifty thousand dollars developing a pen that could write upside down in outer space. Fifty thousand dollars for a an upside-down pen. The Russians use a pencil. So who, what is the cost? What is the cost saving? You know, maybe a little bit of overthinking the that technology. That is so cool, isn't you it? Know? I say, well, you know, they got to sharpen those pencils up there. That that could be. Yeah, dangerous. but when you get ahead of yourself in a meeting, you, you can forget the basics, can't you? I uh, that would be my first budget cutting. You know, expenditure. But once you realize it, because you get the big budget, and suddenly common sense goes out of the window. Well, yeah, I'd imagine so. Love the eighties. Then you'll love Virgin Radio 80s Plus. Love Chris Evans. Love the 80s. Over on Virgin Radio 80s Plus. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We were going through the top, um, some of the more interesting space memorabilia to be sold at auction, which we thought you oh, might like. You we just thought we'd give you stuff you might like. So, so in the top ten is Jim Lovell's notebook from Apollo thirteen, three hundred eighty-eight thousand dollars that went for. And then the top sold. three, we have Neil Armstrong's a bag with moon dust from right. Luna Rock <laughs> right. samples. That's pretty good. How about that? Yeah. One point eight million dollars. And number two. <laughs> Buzz Aldrin's white Apollo 11 mission jacket, 
$2.7 million. But at number one, yeah. the 1961 Russian Vostok space capsule, $2.9 million. The whole capsule? No. The whole capsule. Wow, that'd be a nice little cubbyhole. Go yeah, in there and make some it. phone calls. Yeah, that is for sale? How is that possible that you could buy an entire... Apparently the Russian stuff is easier to get than the um, NASA stuff. <laughs> but wait, how much was how much was the Russian capsule for? 2.9 mil. Man, oh man. That's more bang for your buck. I mean, you're not just getting a bag with some lunar dust in well, there. The you're getting a lot of hardware. Well, the lunar dust could be an issue. Rachel, give us your moon fact. Well, the moon fact that I find was that um, astronauts' footprints stay on the moon for a million, years, a million years. And that also some of the astronauts suffer from lunar fever instead of hair fever. Oh. Because of all the dust particles. Yeah, I had heard from all the guys that I talked to, Jack Schmidt, Pete Conrad, Albin, and they said, you know, Tom, it smells like gunpowder. When you come inside, that, that, that it, it, you know, it smells like fireworks that have all, that all gone, you know, it smells like, smells like sulfur. I talked to uh, that one guy, Jack Schmidt, he was, uh, he was the last man to set foot on the moon. He was on Apollo 17. He said it was incredibly abrasive. The moon dust, you can't see it, but it actually eats away at some of the metal on the cuffs. Oh. And the last time they went out, because they did three moonwalks, they had to put petroleum jelly around the uh, around the gate the the valves and the uh, the connections of their gloves in order to make an air worrying, so, isn't it? so it's abrasive it's like it's like a type of sandpaper have you talked to other famous hollywood actors who've starred in sort of uh, space films about about going to space i just did the one show with george clooney and he floated around there with sandra bullock on uh, on gravity did you compare right? hollywood space notes a little bit there, yeah. And I, I like to think that we did it a little harder and a little better than all those all, all those other well, guys. Well, it, it gets easier, doesn't it, as technology moves on? And you were still being... Well, the truth is, yeah. You have been yeah. flown around. We actually went up and got sick and upchucked, you know, on the Vomit Comet there, where they're aptly named uh, aircraft that we get, you know, about 27 seconds of uh, simulated gravity. And you, you, haven't, you haven't lived until... We did this one thing on Apollo 13, where they, they put the set in the this plane sideways and so we had to float up and then stand on our you know stand like three to nine on the clock and but then when uh, gravity kicked in uh bill paxton and i landed on top of each other you know poking each other in the eye <laughs> sorry bill then we had to do it all over see again. just i've just belched then i just i i chunded a little bit just the thought of weightlessness makes me queasy you cannot understand the concept of what weightlessness does to your stomach until you have been weightless. Because I've been like properly that. seasick and motion sick and things like that. It'll in in that. simulators and things. I was on, the second time I went up, I said, I don't have to take the medication because I know what this is like now. I had a, a, a bout of nausea that actually gave, it was, a, it was an out-of-body experience. I went out <laughs> of my corporeal self. I saw myself turning green and felt a, di a, a type of your wave. corporeal uh, self. I, no, no, I literally. And my spirit rose out of my body and looked back at my glassy eyes oh and then came back in. I have never been that sick except last Friday when I dodged during doing your show. Oh, listen, um, so don't go, yeah, but please, thanks so much for that. And thanks for rescheduling. We so appreciate it. How sick did you feel? And, and where do you hole up, by the way, in London? Is it a hotel or do you oh, have yeah, an I was Airbnb? in a hotel, yeah. Yeah. And were you just sick? Because you are such a pro. Were you, were you literally as sick as a dog? I was, but I'm going to say, there is a thing called lemon sip. Do you Lem sip. Uh, lem sip. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would, if you take two barracas 
and a lem sip <laughs> yeah. and pour that in hot water yeah. and uh, you, that that will take away your cold uh, in a matter of I just did that for 36 well, hours after you were out of corporeal how did you describe that uh, uh, out of body I I, I rose out of my corporeal self corporeal and my spirit looked back and saw my who needs ayahuasca eyes. <laughs> That's all you need. You don't need yeah. any of this Just get stuff. yourself some good nausea and uh, and a and a nice cold good here. Good nausea in London. to yeah. you. Good yeah. nausea, everybody. Good nausea, Vietnam. Yeah. Um. So, as a kid, would you say that probably project projection wise, the role you most would want to have most inhabited would be Jim. Uh, as a kid, I will tell you that. Oh, as a kid, uh, when you were a kid, absolutely. If I, if someone had said you will be an actor and you will get to, you get to play any role that you would want to play. Mm -hmm. I remember rushing home in order to see um, if uh, Apollo thirteen was going to come around on the other side of the moon. It was they they built it up as a lot of danger, and so I was literally on my couch waiting for them to come around on the far side of the moon. And the first voice I heard when they came from around it was Jim Lebel saying, "Houston, be." where there really is a Santa Claus because it was a gift that yeah. Santa Claus gave. So the idea that I would get to meet the man, hang out with the man. Jim Lovell took me flying at night. Wow. Over over, uh, over uh, uh, South Texas. And he made me fly the airplane at night. I've never flown a plane in my life. So go ahead, take the controls, Tom. And he said, aim towards Antares, which was a star on the horizon, I said, and he said, "What? Just, just fly us towards Antares." And so I did that for about twenty minutes. And he said, "Okay, now bring us around 180 degrees and fly us toward Nunki, which is this other star that he told me where." And so I did that. So I was piloting Jim Lovell in a plane in the dark of night for the better part of a, of an evening all by myself. You would have told me I had done that. Yeah. I would have thought I'd won the lottery. Never mind make a movie. About I mean, that, it's so amazing, isn't it? It's so amazing. You know, the, the life you inhabit now, you didn't come from nothing, but you didn't come from much. Um, and your company, Pantone, is it your production Playtone. company? Playtone. Sorry, Playtone. Pantone. I, the thought, I, I was going to say, why is it called Pantone? Well, it's not. It's okay, not. so that's that. that would be one of the reasons. So by the way, great, great research on the staff there <laughs> over a, in the no, production staff. This is all my bad. Way to go, guys! Round of applause for the fact it wasn't yeah. you. Yeah, wasn't it wasn't your, your hey, bad. staff. Can it you get me. what is it called? Playtone. There you go. Oh my lord! Why would you call it Pantone? Pantone. Pantone. Um, so missed, you're on the corner of Wiltshire and Santa Monica. We're oh, we're in, yeah we're down there. Okay, and you receive on a yearly basis. A big box from another famous Tom, Tom Cruise. Oh. Just tell it, because it's Christmas. Tell now, us I'm not the only one. All, all right. right. Okay. So, really? Mr. Cruise, God bless him, <laughs> sends this out to an awful lot of people. But yes. there is there is a type of cake. It is a vanilla coconut bun cake. Right. That may be the most... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? It is it is the most delicious cake you will ever have yeah. on your planet. Irresistible. It is, it is so dense. Yes. First of all, the staff down at Playtone all fight over it because it's it's round. You know, it's a bunt cake. It's got a hole in the middle, so no one wants to be the last person to take a slice. Yeah. So it gets thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner as everybody is grabbing a little bit of it. So it's like like razor thin at some point, but it is so dense. That if you if you have a bite of it in your mouth, right, and someone says, "What are you eating?" You have to you have to. Remember, I'm eating 
It is so, it is like eating a brick, a sweet, delicious, coconut-filled vanilla brick that, look, I have type 2 diabetes, I know, so I have to I be careful of my sugar mm-hmm. intake, but I let it go when it comes to, uh, around to talcuque. you got to have some of that. The chocolates in Forest Gump, were they uh, sugar-free? Uh, not at that time. I didn't know I was, uh, oh, I was pre-diabetic at the time. Okay, so. got it, got it, got it. Um, they so, are now. Yeah. Um, it is it, Christmas. But not, not that... Not a tonkuke. You talk, you talk about uh, your, there's no place you'd rather be in the world than round the cruise, uh, sorry, the, the Hanks, maybe the cruise, yeah, yeah, exactly. the, the Hanks dinner table with your kids, having fighting just the right amount, yeah. laughing a lot, and, and basically being in love with each other. And you describe that, that that's how we want to think that you exist. Then we, t- we all do, don't we? Uh, we hear about Brian. We hear about Brian Grazer saying, you got to cast Tom Hanks because the world wants to save Tom Hanks. And then, you know, you, you hear this idyllic, you've got a great work ethic. You couldn't make it on Friday. You bothered to come here on the way to the airport. You're on, the, you're on Graham's show. You give in all the time. You're a total pro. Um, I show up on time. You, I know you, my lines. You know your lines, all that Have kind of idea. stuff. You know, hurry up and wait. We know how acting is. Where's this come from? Where's this goodness come from? You know, again, our little mythical chef friend, he said, you know, it's like, you're, it's like you ha- you've made a contract with yourself to, to guarantee oh, to get into heaven. You know, there was a time, there was a time, my, 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 my parents got divorced when, we, when I was really young, and there was a time where it was just myself, my brother, my sister, and my dad, and we were living in a small, very small apartment in one of these in one of these complexes that just went to the horizon. You know, there were like fourteen buildings, and we were in building two, uh, apartment one one four. It was pristine when we moved in, and it was it was a god awful wreck by the time we left because there were only three kids, three feral kids. And you would have thought that that would have been without we were neglected. We were like latchkey kids. Our diets were terrible because we cooked for ourselves there wasn't a pot of of soup that we did not burn that boiled over onto the stove so it smelled like burnt tomato soup you would have thought that we were kind of like lone wolves lonely kids we had all we did was laugh we just carried on my brother is one of the most hilarious people on the planet earth my sister bosses around all the time my dad was never home because he was working in the restaurant business so we were left to ourselves but we were not we were not we were not evil kids. We were not breaking rules. We would much rather come up with some goofy laughs, and we did. And uh, we'd, you know, we'd run around the neighborhood, but then come home and be together and just crack each other up as we were going. And I remember it as being two and a half years of the most fun that I'd ever had, where other people would think, you poor neglected children wearing <laughs> rags, you know, dirty clothes. Well, that's true. We did, because we just didn't do the laundry that much. There was one time, I'll tell you this, we had to do the laundry ourselves like every Saturday, and we had to do all of the laundry, my dad's laundry, the sheets, all of our stuff. And the 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 laundry, the, the washing machines and the dryers were up on the second floor. So we had to take the go all the way down the elevator, go all the way down the hallway, around the mailboxes, into the elevator, and up to the second floor, into the laundry room. And so we were pulling out all the clothes one day, me and my brother, my older brother, Larry. 
and he said, oh, this is too much stuff. Hey, I don't, I don't know if I can carry all this stuff myself. So you come behind me and just pick up anything that I might happen to drop. All right. So he, you know, in the elevator, he drops something by the mailboxes. He drops on me, turn the corner. And by the time I turned the corner to mine, he had dropped something every three feet. <laughs> and he was standing in front of our apartment door, empty handed. Yeah. So that's the kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff Come we did. And was I mad? No, it actually made me laugh so hard that I tried to do the same thing to my kids. But where's that bonhomie come from? Is it just, were you blessed? I, you know, I would, yeah, I guess so. You yeah. know, I, the, you I hold was blessed with good family, you know. And you're we, grateful to this day. You're forever grateful. Do you have any parenting tips for anybody listening? Uh, the, uh, I was, I was told, uh, when, uh, when my daughter was born, uh, uh Elizabeth, uh, my, she was our, 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 our second kid. Um, the, the pediatrician just said the most smartest thing. He said, you cannot hold this little girl too much. And if you take that into just saying you cannot look at them too much, you cannot talk to them too much, you cannot ask them questions too much. Now, my all four of my kids, you know, my other kids, were, you know, Reed and I have two kids as well. They would all say, so why didn't you, Dad? They would immediately start ragging on me for not living up to that pediatrician's advice. But that's, that's just let them know that they are loved. That's all you can do. Did having a contract with one of them help at all? Oh, you heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. Okay. You have, by the time you get around to your fourth kid, you are exhausted. <laughs> I, have, right? I have five. Okay. So you know what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah. Sometimes you just don't. And there were, there was a period of time where I was working a lot and there was stuff I was busy. So I had a tendency to bark at my youngest quite a bit. Hey, knock that off. Hey, put that down. Don't do that. What did I tell you? Uh, get up. You're late. I started like being like that. And I came home one day, and uh, Rita's mom, my, my mother-in-law, who spoke with a Greek accent, she came home, and she said, your son is afraid of you. I said, what? Why? He says, he says you always yell at him. So he was like three and a half, four years old. So I sat down and I wrote a contract with him and we signed it right then and there. I drew a picture of myself yelling, not a good, and drew a red line, you know, through it like, not. I said, you've never done anything wrong. There's no reason that I should let. So I hereby vow, if you ever find me yelling at you again, you could say, dad, you're yelling at me. And I will immediately take it back. And we signed it. He signed it. We dated it. He still has it somewhere. And you know, it worked because he mentioned it when he graduated from high school. Did he? Yeah. That's, he said, you know, my, when I was five years old, my dad signed a contract with me to stop yelling. It's all about the contract. So it was, by the way, I didn't get around that till my last kid. So I, I should have signed that contract. It does help. Ones. Things like that help if you write things down. And because there's, because not only do other people get to see, what you're thinking you get to see it back don't you and that that's a that's a real moment yeah you know when 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 they when what you okay you've got how how old's your youngest uh twins five. Oh, really oh my oh yeah, yeah i'm exhausted just hearing I know, that don't you want to take it? a nap just <laughs> yeah just that's why you come into work so uh, so much work don't is a pleasure i'm not right stuff yeah 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 by don't, the way yeah, you're bang on but you know you get around to that some degree of you want to be able to pay attention to them as as best you can but by the time you get down to you know four and five you're 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 
been you've been pretty well stretched, right? Beaten up. Do you not think that all of your kids, because of their different ages, have a different perspective of you? Oh, 100%. Because who you were 100%. at the time when they were when they were youngest. Totally, yeah. yeah. And where they were on the journey, and they've all got different personalities. Even the twins, boy and a girl, have I can't remember their names to be honest, but let's um, name them now. Yeah. Rachel and uh, and uh, to be honest, we called them Ping and Pong for quite a while. Oh wow. Yeah, they're called Beaumont. But um, no, even that, that, those two are completely different. And they, but twins, by the way, twins, because the two secrets. First of all, yeah, we do come here for a rest. I'm exhausted yeah. at the weekend. Mm, yeah. You, yeah. you guys, yeah? Right. Yeah. We Agreed. come here for a rest five days a week, best five mornings of the week Absolutely. by far. Obviously, we can't, that's not the story we go with because it doesn't work. We don't get paid. We have to pay them, et cetera. Um, but the other thing is twins. They sort of sort each other out, to be honest. Do they speak in a secret language that you Probably, don't understand? Probably, I don't know. It would be a secret. How would I know that? Well, that's true. You know, <laughs> maybe you could get it out of them. But do they just kind of like look at each other, like yeah. you know, like children from from they special got you know, village, and, and they kids... communicate with their eyes and eyebrows yeah. and body language? And, and their you... kids twenty four seven, and we're par- we're part time. All parents are part time parents. Kids are full time kids. If they, uh, that's a good way of putting oh, it. Oh my yeah. God! You know, How can kids... we ask them to you know relate to anything that we're going through? They, I know. They yeah, they're, they're kids. And we were once kids and they've not yet been grown-ups, but they're still better at it than we are. Um, there's a great book called How to Raise a Parent. Oh, really? Yeah, I've not read it, but I really want to read it. It's going to be my Christmas I'm going to give. I'll give that to my kids because it's not too late. <laughs> you know, time? They you, can change me. They it, can alter me a little bit. Are you granddaddy, Tom, yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, three times, three times over. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Tom, uh, I've got to let you go. I've not been told to let you go, but I just want to let you go because I'm so grateful that you came in. Uh, let's just recap why you're here. Uh, the Moonwalkers is at the Lightroom. To get to the Lightroom, all you have to do is take a train from anywhere in the world to... Uh, St. Pancras, Pancras Station, mm-hmm. Euston Station, yep. King's Cross. And we'll throw Liverpool Street in there, which is just, oh, is right, right? just right next to King's oh, Cross. Okay, very good. St. By Pan- the way, great area down there. Great a lot, lot going down. Really cool. Google it there. They, they've relocated there. Um, the reason St. Pancras is called St. Pancras... Okay, who is St. Pancras? Saint what Pancras, does St. Pancras the do? patron saint of children. Um, ah, uh, he, there's a theme here. He himself was decapitated. He was beheaded for not renouncing his Christian faith in front of some kind of horrible Roman emperor at the age of just 14 in 304 AD, you, 304 you AD. do that, and you get a train station named after I know. you. Why they? Why St Pancras called? That's who St Pancras is, which was your question the other day. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I just thought I'd give that to you, but I don't know why we called. I don't know why particularly. Why not? Of course, it's all, the best answer to why is always why not, and then why. You know, if you want to make that a little softer, Chris, yeah. just say he he refused to to give up his faith. You can lose the beheading, the decapitation thing. I know. Like I that. took a sledgehammer to a walnut there. Yeah, uh, a little bit more. See, you but, you see, overstated this is your point. Coming in, this is why the world wants to save Hank. Well, you're still but t- not me. You're still telling the truth, and you're still salient. I mean, there is a reason he's a saint because he did not turn his back on his faith at the age ne- of fourteen. Never mind the bad news that yeah. goes along with that. Uh, why do you think? What is the key before you go? What is the key to to, to Jimmy Stewart? Yeah. Jimmy, J- James. All right, okay. Yeah. The, the most likable. Had Apollo 13 been made when he was at his peak, ah, he well, would have been cast. Well, you know, he played Charles Lindbergh, Lindbergh yeah. in, in in that story, a yeah. few other things. I actually met Mr. Stewart. Yeah. I was photographed with him for- Can you do him? Well, a little bit. So everybody, everybody, uh, you know- I didn't. I didn't want to show up at his house and like ask him eight million questions. So I actually talked to him about uh, flying because he was a pilot, you oh. know. And he he flew he flew missions uh, during World War Two. 
So it was talking about. Uh, I said, "Did you did you learn how to fly here?" Yeah, we 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 take off down from the from where LAX is now, and you know, rabbits would run across the runway in front of our plane as we were taking off. He didn't have any memorabilia in his in his in his house at all. You saw no sign of his movies or anything like that. He had one little. Harvey the Rabbit. And he told me a story about it. he always he did a production of Harvey on stage here in London, as a matter of fact, in the 1950s, I guess, somewhere around there. And he said, you know, all the he, they they bring all their kids, you know, to see Harvey. And the thing about Harvey, there's no real rabbit. You don't see it. And you'd we'd hear all the kids there, and about halfway through the first act, you'd hear them start saying. Where's the rabbit? Where's the rabbit? The only the only um, advice he gave me was this. He said, "Well, you you just you just keep that keep those grosses up on your films, and everything will be fine." Oh, that's, that's what yeah. he did. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so good, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. Um, Tom, can you say cinch? Cinch. Dot. Dot. Co. Co. Dot. Dot. UK. Dot UK. There are sponsors. What's that mean? Well, oh, I'll put okay. it Cinch.com.uk. And, and can you say the Chris Evans Breakfast Show? And the Chris Evans Breakfast Show. <laughs> One more time. And the Chris Evans Breakfast Show here. Cinch.com.uk. Uh, Tom, you're awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks for having Thanks me. Thanks for rescheduling. Oh, happy to no, do it. No, it's as good as it gets. Round of applause for Tom Hanks. Let's hear it, staff. From Earn the staff. Pay. Thank you. Parting gifts for everybody. Cheers, mate. Merry Christmas, Tom. Love music? Love interviews with lovely musicians? Search Virgin Radio UK on YouTube to find brilliant album specials with some of the shiniest lights on our playlist, including George Ezra. This is going to be something I'll remember, and that's a really lovely thing. I don't think I was able to do that in the past. And James Bay. Come on, lady. Don't you agree that everybody needs someone when they feel alone? Watch all that and more at youtube.com slash virginradiouk.